Good afternoon and welcome to Politicket, a great podcast normally hosted by Senator John Johnson. I'm Dave Owen, and it's a distinct pleasure for me to be sitting in once again. And I have a really nice surprise, and that is that our guest is none other than Senator Johnson. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you doing this. It's kind of weird sitting on this side of the table. Well, so that was the don't, idea. don't be too hard on me. That was the idea. <laughs> I'll be about as hard as on you as you've been on me. So, Senator, you've created a little bit of a stir up there on Capitol Hill. Why don't you tell us about our your bill? Yeah, SB 226 is a higher education act that, that actually instructs the universities, uh, starting at the University of Utah, to go back to a core curriculum that's, that's based on the great books, uh, focus on Western civilization, and the the standard core that used to be in place, I mean, in the op-ed, we said, uh, you know, we need to go back to the future. And that's exactly what this does, really. It takes us back to the way higher ed was done in the past. Well, typically, when you folks do a bill, it's in, it's in response, not always, but a lot of times, in response to a problem. And what is it? How do you see that problem? And what is it you're trying? To well, well, I, I, I think the problem really uh, changes. It, you know, if you look at the, the logo for Harvard University, on it, it says Veritas, right? Truth. Uh, Duke University says, I mean, uh, Yale University says light and truth. And that used to be the focus of the, of, of the universities, a focus on discovering the truth. And one of the things about going back to a, a study of Western civilization and the great books is we go back to the philosophers that really formed Western civilization, right? The great debates that went on. And, and so students are able to, to look at both sides of an issue. I, I'm going to read a quote by, uh, by John Stuart Mill. He says that uh, he who knows only his side of the case knows little of that. His reasons may be good, and no one may have been able to refute them. But if he is equally unable to refute the reasons on the opposite side, if he does not so much as know what they are, he has no grounds for preferring either option. And I think that therein lies the, the problem. You know, I, I have no problem with, you know, current philosophies and where we're going with things, but I think students need a grounding in, in the basis of, of thought and the basis of argument. Well, and as, as we've discussed this, we've, we've gone back to the founding of the nation and talked about the sources that, that those men looked at in forming the nation. And that's kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, it really is. And, and, and this is not a conservative versus a liberal thing. They had great no, debates not, about this. Didn't you tell me that it's a MAGA conspiracy? Yeah, well— Did you see that you, somewhere? You know, it was—well, in that op-ed in, the, in, in, in uh, the Deseret News, some of the comments on there was, what are these MAGA right-wing people doing trying to, trying to push this, you know, ultra-conservative? Trying to go back to the Greeks and uh, right. British common law. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny because this, this actually was what Harvard University used to do, right? Right. And it's what many of the Ivy League schools still do today. 
Well, obviously, I have I share some opinions with you on this. I can't remember what article it was you sent to me, where the the point that the author was making was you can't serve two masters. You just said that the their motto used to have to do with truth. It used to center around truth, right? And now it seems to center around safe places, right? Right, and social justice, right? Social justice. I know I'm being facetious. Yeah, but that you can't serve those two masters, right? Well, that it's it's difficult, and in fact you saw that with Claudine Gay and her testimony, right? The reason why she couldn't come to admit that, you know, maybe Hamas was wrong in slaughtering the Jews that day, right? I think that she couldn't admit there was an objective standard. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. It wasn't all relativism, you know, that that there is good and there is bad and that was bad. And, and, and that's difficult when your focus is is on this war between the, you know, the oppressor and the oppressed, right? And, and that's first what you have to identify. Well, who's the oppressor, right? Who's the oppressed person here? But, but, but rather, shouldn't we just be debating, uh, coming to some agreement on what the truth is? Yeah, except, of course, they, <laughs> they don't accept the notion of truth, which is part of what I think you need to return to. So what, what, when did this start to change? Now, you, you taught at the university. I, I taught at Utah State for many years. Before that, I, I was an entrepreneur, right, do, doing my own business. But before that, I was at the University of Mississippi. And, uh, you know, it was, it was different when I first started as a professor in terms of what's required of students and what what do we take as part of the core you know and i i think largely we've we've drifted from that you know and i i'm i'm not saying that you know things shouldn't evolve over time but i think if a student doesn't have the basis in debate and and the great books right the the philosophies that preceded us it's hard for them to really understand you know what is the other side of the uh, of the of well, the debate. Let me ask you this, because in the in the end, we're talking about students. What is the effect? And I think we've witnessed some recently. But what is the effect on this on this change to this kind of I, I hate to overuse the word, but this woke agenda in the university? What has that done to people graduating? Well, for instance, you know what? What if certain things are off off limits? You don't discuss things. You know, in, in, in the course of, of working on the bill on DEI, it was interesting having faculty come in and say, you know, we used to be able to debate these issues, right? We, we used to have honest debates in our class on both sides of this, and, and we've moved away from that, right? Uh, so, Senator, you were in business for years, and, and how does that affect people that are young people? I mean, I have three kids all of whom graduated from college, how does it affect them going into the workplace not to have that grounding in some, in some kind of objective truth? Well, well, I think it, it, it makes them afraid to, to really state an opinion and then defend that opinion. I mean, that's, that's what we get uh, with the traditional education environment is that you learn both sides. If you don't understand, like, like Mill was saying, if you don't understand the other side, if you don't understand the counter to your argument, then how can you really understand what you're arguing? And if you can't, I mean, is that an effect? What is that? What's the impact on critical thinking, which used to be a goal? Well, I, I, I think herein lies the problem, right? 
we 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 need to learn to be critically th thinking about things right thinking about things critically and and i i think we've lost some of that you know certain things shouldn't be off limits you know sure i, I mean there's a lot of issues when, even if you talk about social justice right can you articulate what that actually means and how far we go with that for instance the debate on 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 equity right what does that what, what are they really saying with that can we ever be the same you know what are what are the counters to that how do we how do we prepare students so they can be competitive well i i think that does affect everything in the way i i don't know i hear a lot about how students are simply not this generation is not prepared for the workplace. And I think, I mean, would you agree that's part of yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, there's a movement really to say that the university should only be about preparing people to go to work. And, and I think it's deeper than that. A university of edu education used to mean that, that you were able to critically think about the world and your place in it, right? And, and I think we've moved away from that. We, we don't need to just create people that are, you know, completely ready for the workforce, although they need to be ready for the workforce. But we, we don't just teach them skills, we teach them how to think. And that that's what's really crucial, right? And I think, uh, in my opinion, it's critical to citizenship. Well, and that's the other piece, right? Why do we even fund public ed? I mean, and that's one piece of it, right? We want to prepare people to to take on a role in society that that can better society well that is great um let's take a quick break and when we come back i'd like to ask you about who exactly is going to oppose this who's going to support it and what kind of ancillary problems do you see potentially coming uh, your way my legislation this year sb 226 proposes that we begin by redirecting general education the fundamental coursework graduates must complete on the way to their major degree to once again inspire free thought and solid citizenship. We must return to the intellectual foundations of American and Western civilization to produce the leaders and the informed conscientious citizens of tomorrow. Utah lags behind where it should be in foundational higher education. Our initial proposed reforms include the restoration of rhetoric and English composition, Western and American history, classical philosophy, and civics, plus neoclassical economics. No matter what specialty a student may choose as a major, they ought to have solid grounding in the fundamental skills, principles, and thoughts upon which America was built. America is far from perfect, and Western thought is not without flaw. But while imperfect, America is still the greatest nation ever established. It is indeed the last best hope of man on earth. In composing our establishing documents, the founders relied upon what came before them. The Bible, Greek philosophy, the Roman Republic, the Magna Carta, a thousand years of British common law, and the corpus of great Western thought. We would do well to follow their lead. And we are back. We're discussing Senate Bill 226. Yes. 226, sponsored by Senator Johnson, concerning uh, core curriculum in higher education. Now, anytime anybody tries to do anything regarding higher education up on that hill, there's uh, there's 
often quite a reaction. So where do you see support from this coming? And where do you see and what kind of opposition do you anticipate? Well, I, you know, and I fully expect this, that the universities are going to oppose it because sure. faculty are going to be upset that they're losing some power in, in this process. And I, I understand that and I completely understand that opposition. Uh, there'll be people within the Senate that say, you know, are we overstepping the bounds by prescribing curriculum, right? And, you know, th those are going to be arguments that people make. And my response to, to that is not only do we have the right, we have an obligation, right? These are taxpayers' funds. These are taxpayers flipping the bill for this. And, and the question is, the question at you know, someone sitting at home probably has is, what am I paying for, right? What What is the value to society from this degree? Senator, in the wake of October 7th, you weren't the only one. I spoke with several other legislators who were appalled, and some of them that have com committee assignments. And one of the questions they were asking is, what are we getting here? What are we paying for with our tax dollars? And then the, the questioning of the university presidents only made that worse. Yeah. Uh, when that when that happened. Well, and, and, and you see that that these arguments that were made, I don't have a basis in a foundational truth. Right. What what does that even mean? And, and I think those are some things that we've kind of gotten away from. We've we've moved away from a a a true uh, quest for truth. Right. A quest for knowledge, a quest for truth, a quest, you, you know, to, to, to a desire for social change. And I don't think that was ever the role of the university. Let me, let me ask you a question that's just occurred to me, because we've talked a little bit about the competition of the marketplace of ideas. Right. And, and do these people fear, do they fear that competition? Do they feel like they can stand up against well, well, you wonder about that, right? Because because if, if kids wouldn't be shut down in class when debating a subject or told that certain things are off limits if there really was an honest answer on both sides of that, right? Where is the debate? And and furthermore, my understanding is you're not looking to eliminate anything. No, no, no. This doesn't in any way eliminate what a professor wants to do right it simply says what is required of students okay but my my problem is is if you if you're going to push a political agenda right then then students ought to have an option right and and i i think we should debate both sides of the issues especially in the foundational courses I recall that uh, one citation from uh, the op your op-ed in the Deseret News about what is it? There are five thousand colleges and universities, and only one opinion, and one opinion, right? Yeah, one point of view out, yeah. uh, out of all of them. And I've seen that with my kids. I think we've really lost something, and so I'll advocate a little bit and say that at minimum we need competition of ideas. Well, and that's it. It should be a marketplace of ideas, right? And, and I think, you know, and we're only talking about the core, what students are required to take, right? You're not right? controlling anybody's major. No, no. And we're not, we're not controlling what a professor thinks that major should entail, right? 
or the knowledge that should be a sign that that person's completed it. We'll leave that to their expertise, right? Well, let me ask you as a former professor, I know what's going to come up here. It's going to be this notion of academic freedom, as if that is some pristine concept that exists on its own in the universe. How do you see that and how do you respond to that? Are you seeking to limit academic freedom? No, I think I think faculty st still have that freedom. The question is, what do we require all students? What basic knowledge do we expect as society from students coming from the university? That's a very different matter, right? We're, we're talking about the core. And, and my firm belief is we need to teach students how to think, right? Not what to think, but how to think. And, and we've, we have hundreds of years of academic experience in, in doing exactly that. I mean, I mean, we're taking these ideas from the very best curriculum that was laid out in the Ivy League schools, for instance. You know, our... our, 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 our mo yeah, right? This is, this is the foundational, you know, knowledge that people were expected to have in order to engage in these debates. Well, I agree with you, Senator, and we've discussed this, that something has been lost. And, 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 and I agree also that the university education is not simply about preparing for the workplace. It's greater than that. But I, I do see this exact thing that you're talking about, that people, they're taught what to think. They're not taught, taught how to think. Well, and, you know, you know one, of the, one of the movements across the country, for instance, uh, you know, some politicians want to get rid of tenure. They want to. They want to get rid of a lot of the liberal arts uh, curriculum. They, you know, they they want to focus classes only on what somebody might need to go into a job. And and I think a university experience is much richer than that. When when I was a student, I I got a bachelor of arts, which meant that I took a lot of extra, uh, you know, liberal arts, you know, basic classes. And I appreciated the professors that challenged me to think about things, that challenged my philosophy of life, right? That, that really, you know, especially I, I had one class in, in economic history, which I found a fascinating. And we, we studied the great academic scribblers from the past, right? It, you know, we didn't just study Adam Smith. We studied Karl Marx, right? Did you we, ever get around to Thorsten Veblen? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I did. I quite enjoyed him. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, I also got a minor in French, which meant that I got to read in French the great French philosophers, Descartes. And it, and, and it, it was fascinating to me. And I thought, I think that built a greater understanding of why the world was what it was, why did the West evolve the way it did? Why, you know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of those fundamentals that I, I take with me to this day. And, and I think those help prepare me to think, right? And I, I, I attribute my success as an entrepreneur really to, to that. It's not just what I learned in math or science. It was, it, it was this foundation in Western thought. And I, I don't want us to lose sight of that. Well, so in a sense, in a sense, this kind of uh, saves the academics from themselves. And one of the poll quotes I appreciated from your piece was, he who controls the, pre uh, what is it, controls the past, controls the future. And I think, I think we've got to, I think you're, you're calling for a really good thing, which is to get back to basic 
foundational principles, if I understand it. Yeah, well, and 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 I'm not saying this is not some MAGA right wing thing. This is this is traditional. It's traditional liberal arts education, right? In in fact, you would probably say it's more leftist than it is on the right. And what does it tell us that that's a radical concept? Yeah, it, it it it's beyond belief. Anyway, look, I could talk about this all day, and you and I have talked a lot about it. It's a pleasure for me to try to host this thing today. And and uh, what can people do if they agree with you? Well, I, I'd like them to, you know, show up to the committee hearing, right? Uh, How about a note or an email or a call to their senator in particular? Yeah, yeah, that would be nice, too. I'd love to have these debates with people. In fact, I was called out of the blue this week by a, a group in Park City, uh, that meets for breakfast and they just talk about ideas and they were they were fascinated by the piece that came out in the National Review. Uh, you know, and so it, it's 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 interesting how people are thinking about this already. Well, this is your show, so I hate to cut you off, but I guess we better get yeah. done. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. Nice talking to you.